This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, before we get started, we got to get an update. How's life as a grandfather? How are Thomas and Jenna doing? And little baby Lily, what's new on that front? Oh, it's wonderful for us. I mean, we just uh, sit back and enjoy it and let the kids suffer. Uh, You know, it's... uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing, uh, somewhat poetic justice, if you will. It's, it's like now they will learn. <laughs> so we get all the good, and they get all the bad. So that's uh, uh, that's a pretty good deal for a grandparent. Uh, we get to spoil, and then we get to go home and sleep a restful night, and and uh, you know, what's better than that? <laughs> Of course, you're you're a parent of young children, so you you um, and your wife uh, certainly have to deal with with parenthood. We don't get to make that exit like you do, Bill. We, <laughs> exactly. We, ha- we have the constant dread of knowing that we can never escape this. But you know, uh, uh, you yes. paid your you paid your dues. Yes, you, well, you that's exactly that. right. We paid our dues, and now we can laugh all the way to to the bedroom. <laughs> So, yes, it's it is a uh, wonderful thing, and I uh, appreciate your asking. and And we're very, very fortunate because the grandchild, and of course, this is our first grandchild, um, that is, uh, of course, beautiful and perfect and all that good stuff. But truly, the child uh, is um, uh, wonderful. I mean, she's not colicky i mean she sleeps uh she sleeps and eats sleeps and eats you know that's just what babies do um and and so the truthfully uh, as difficult as the child as our children perceive their parenthood uh they really have it easy uh they're not dealing with uh, a lot of issues that other parents uh, have to deal with in terms of kids uh, not being perfect, if you will, uh, and keeping them up all, all the time. So anyway, so that's good. So, uh, but this morning, um, I wanted to start out talking about what I call the big lie, um, and you know, I think there are an awful lot of folks who realize that and have always known that this is true. But there's also a good group of folks out there who somehow believe that if they have nothing, uh, or if they, and particularly the ones who believe that if I give it all away, the government will take care of me. Particularly as I get older, they'll provide long-term care for me. And, you know, that there's government assistance out there for uh, folks who don't have anything, uh, and that you can depend on it and go to the bank on it, if you will. And that is so wrong. I mean, talk about the big lie. That is something that is not only wrong, but if somebody actually does it and believes it, they are putting themselves at great risk. And that's Um, So let's actually talk about that in terms of, uh, because there's so many people, 
you know, particularly seniors and they're in their 70s or early 80s and their concern is, I want to protect my house. I want to protect my farm. Uh, we don't have a whole lot, but we, we need to give it to our children uh, before we have issues so that the government will take care of us. And that's, that's the lie that I'm talking about. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in asset protection, so don't get me wrong on that. But um, the, the, and it, it's a really scary thing for a lot of people anyway, because the fact is there's an awful lot of folks who have very little. And one of the things that really bothers me, thinking about the future for uh, generations of people, is, and, and I've mentioned this before, but it's fact, and that is half the people in this country have virtually no savings at all, you know, less than $500. And that's an awful lot of folks that are living from day to day, week to week, paycheck to paycheck. And um, it's like when you're in that kind of situation, uh, you don't have enough money uh, to uh, do everything you need to do. I mean, if, if the car breaks down, you don't have enough money to pay to get it repaired. Uh, you know, if, if there's an accident, uh, there's not enough money to go to the doctor. You know, there's not enough money for um, the medicines you need. There's, you know, there's just not enough money, period. And so elevate that to when you retire and you're not working anymore is social security enough to take care of all of your needs and uh, you know ask anybody that's on if if social security is the, the only income that people have then is that enough a and uh, you'll have hear a huge chorus of people saying no it's not enough and and the, the reason that I want to bring this up is that the majority of, of people that I see, um, what, the best way to describe it is that they fall through the gigantic uh, hole in the safety net. Yes, there is a safety net, but it's not a good one. And that that's the... That's what I'm really trying to, so that folks understand what it boils down to. Because the, um, uh, all right. So f first of all, uh, m most of the safety net, if not all of it, is in what we call a means-tested program of one sort or another. And there's several. And the, the first that comes to mind is Medicaid. And, of course, we talk about Medicaid all the time. Uh, and, of course, one of the other big, big lies out there that I talk about is the fact that um, middle-class folks can actually receive Medicaid if, and here's the big if, if they need, if their loved one needs nursing facility care. Well, that's a big if, because guess what? 
the majority of people don't need nursing care. What do they need? They need help at home. They need assisted living. They need memory care. And that those are the levels where there's little to no assistance. Of course, we talk about, you know, uh, veterans sometimes have a safety net that other citizens don't have. But the fact is, is that as a percentage of our population, there are just not that many veterans. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and the veterans have a means-tested program as well. And so, uh, frankly, uh, other than means-tested programs, um, there, there's not anything out there to take care of people who don't have enough money to take care of themselves. And the fact is, is that the majority of us don't have enough money to take care of ourselves if there if there's any additional need at all. I mean, people can live uh, bare bare bones, if you will. I mean, you, you know, uh, you can make do oftentimes, but but that doesn't mean you have enough money to pay a caregiver or to have a car repaired or, or to, uh, you know, to do anything special. So um, what I want folks to understand is that if uh, there, unless you fall into a, a extremely poor category, where you're very low income, your household income is very low, and you have very few assets, you can't get uh, help at home. Um, yes, there there are uh, some exceptions, uh, you know, where folks can uh, get Medicaid at home, but it's but it's for folks who have very little, and and so. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't apply most of the time. And then there's so many people that think, well, if I need assisted living, if I have to go to a facility, and I don't want to go to a facility, but if I have to go, the government will pay for it or help me pay for it. Well, here again, that's a program called special assistance. All, people call it Medicaid, but it's not. It's actually a state program called special assistance. And that program has very, very low income caps. And the caps are gross income. And the majority of us have a Social Security check that, guess what, is over the cap. And and I, I'm not talking about wealthy folks. I'm talking about most normal folks who've, who've worked a decent job uh, during their lifetime, their Social Security uh, happens to be over those caps. And it doesn't matter if you're poor as a church mouse. If your monthly Social Security check is over that cap, then you fall into the huge hole in the safety net whereby. And what does it mean? It means that your income by itself without regard to what property you have, uh, it, is, it makes you ineligible for that program. And, um, 
but your the the money that you have is not enough to pay for the care. So that's why you fall into that hole, and that that big hole is where most people fall, and that's 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 what I want folks to understand is that you have to know what you can be eligible for and what what you know right now you will never be eligible for. Uh, I mean, it's a scary thing as people age. You know, we get older. Uh, we don't get better. <laughs> you know, things start happening. We start going downhill, if you will. And um, and then we start having needs. We need a little bit of help for this or a little bit of help for that. Um, and, you know, obviously married couples try to take care of each other. I mean, that's a huge goal in planning, quite frankly. And people, I mean, that actually, if, if we can actually do that uh, and never need to call in somebody else to help us, that's fa- fabulous, but that's the exception to the rule. Most folks end up having to call on other folks, hopefully children, but not everybody has children to call on. Uh, and not everybody has children that will answer the call <laughs> if we call on them. So it's it's kind of thing where we have to figure it out for ourselves. But uh, I simply, as much as I help people get the assistance that's available to them, the, the really important thing for folks to understand is that for the great majority of people, there is no help. You know, one of the good things is that most people don't ever need to go to a nursing home. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to a nursing home. I sure don't. But And, the, and only a, a very small percentage of people have long-term care insurance. Why? Because it's expensive uh, or it's perceived to be expensive, uh, and most people cannot afford to purchase it. Uh, or they wait too long and then they're they're not eligible for it. They're not insurable. Uh, or they're highly rate- rated, which makes it even more expensive. So the fact is, is that um, long-term care insurance is not available to most folks. And when you have a long-term care need, you can't go out and buy insurance for it. That's for darn sure. So um, uh, like I said, the big lie is if you give it all away, then the government's going to come in and, and help you out. And the fact is, is that more often than not, the government turns its back on people when they're in need. And that's an important thing for folks to understand. There's just so much misinformation out there. And while that is probably the big lie, there are lots of other big lies when it comes to Medicaid and making sure that you understand those and know ahead of time going into things so that you're not caught in a long-term care crisis without the ability to provide any sort of assistance or funding for it. What you should do is go to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. From there, you can register for Bill's free webinars. And we're going to dive more into this topic today, but Bill's webinars are really the best way to get uh, a really good overview of assistance that might be available for you when it comes to long-term care. You can go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at at the top of the page. Bill's Wednesday webinar on May 10th will cover 
long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits. That's a session in the morning. In the afternoon session, Bill will cover asset protection and trust planning. These webinars are free to attend. There's no cost to you. They're highly educational as well. It's really one of the best ways to find some information about some fields that just have a whole lot of misinformation and half-truths and lies out there. And there really is no one source that you can access that will provide a lot of the information that Bill is able to. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, and register there. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. That's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with him. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, May 10th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, government assistance that might be available to you when it comes to Medicaid or VA benefits, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, this is the way to go. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about what we're calling the big lie, the idea that if you give everything away that the government's going to take care of you when it comes to health care and that is just certainly not the case well it it no question about that uh now uh i'd like to move on to uh, gifting issues and it, and it certainly uh relates to giving it all away uh because uh, quite frankly i hope people understand that that they need to make sure that they retain as much as they can for their own needs so they don't run out of money. But but then again, there are lots of us who are very fortunate, and uh, we uh, know we're not going to run out of money, and we want to assist our children and grandchildren uh, in ways. In other words, we want to give them a leg up. Uh, we want to help them get where they're trying to go. And of course, uh, uh, the, the first stage of that, uh, after, you know, if, we, if hopefully we've reared them right and now we're, we're trying to give them opportunities. And of course, the first one generally is, is we uh, want to give them the best education uh, that, uh, that, that they, they can have. Um, you know the ones that that they've earned to to go to the best schools that they can go to and whatever whatever level that is for some that might be a community college or a technical school or or it may be a liberal arts uh, college and then on to a, a a higher degree you know postgraduate but then there's other ways uh, that we think about too uh, that w- we can help. Uh, our children and grandchildren and and so uh, how to do gifts 
is actually part of it. Um, and so, uh, first of all, uh, we have um, uh, we are allowed without having to pay any tax, called gift tax, if you will, uh, to to make gifts to people. Now, you know, obviously our, our spouse is a person that we can make unlimited gifts to, but to others, children, grandchildren, friends, uh, or whatever, uh, we have limitations uh, in terms of gifts that we can make without uh, reporting it to the government on a gift tax return. Um, so what is that? Well, we have an annual exclusion for gifting that is now up to $17,000 per year per person. Now, the, the great majority of us have don't have the ability to give that kind of uh, those kind of gifts uh, regularly or ever, <laughs> but but there are others who do. Uh, and uh, but the bottom line is what that means is we can give up to seventeen thousand um, uh, dollars per person uh, uh, without having to file a gift tax return and without having to pay any tax at all on anything. Now, let's say that I make a gift of. $10,000 to a child. Is that taxable to me? No, it's under that $17,000 gift tax limitation annually. Uh, and it's not income to my child. So there's no income tax uh, on their part to pay and no gift tax on my part to pay. And and that's another thing about gifting is, is um the fact that it is not the receiver of a gift that is responsible for gift tax uh, issues. It's it's the giver who is responsible. If there if a gift tax return has to be filed, it it's the giver who has to uh, file that return uh, as far as that goes. Now, if I have ten children, can I give them each seventeen thousand dollars? Absolutely, not a problem. Although it it, it would be wise to make it less than seventeen thousand dollars, because you know the fact is is that you'll probably give them a Christmas present and a birthday present and those kind of things as well, and those add up too. So the bottom line is seventeen is the cap, and so uh, it would normally be a good idea to if you're going to get a give a cash gift to make it less. Than 17, so that all the gifts that you might give that one person in a particular year would be less than $17,000. Now, if you're married, you can actually double that amount. So husband and wife together can give each person they want to make a gift to $34,000, 17 times two, um, $34,000. Now, that's pretty rich, if you will. Uh, and again, like I said, most of us can't come close to doing that, but that allows a fairly substantial gifting to be made without uh, any reporting or tax um, purposes at all. Now, um, now for those folks who can and want to, and, and oftentimes uh, that type of gifting is actually used uh, by wealthy families to reduce their overall estate 
so that they uh, are less likely uh, to pay a state tax or to reduce their um, state tax over time. So there are a lot of things like that that you can do as well. But we also, and this is what most people do not know, is that we also have a lifetime exemption uh, on gifting. Now, right now, and this will blow your mind, the 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 lifetime exemptions actually twelve million nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> so, if you want to give that away, you can file a gift tax return because you know obviously that's more than seventeen thousand dollars. So you have to file a gift tax return, uh, and your gift tax return is due at the same time your income tax is due. Normally April fifteenth of each year. Of course, this year we got a couple of days reprieve on that. But uh, the bottom line is due on the same day. Uh, and uh, you can do one of two things. You can either pay the gift tax or you can use your exemption on your gift tax return to not pay any tax. Uh, however, if uh, you use your exemption, then whatever um, you use... Um, then it comes off of your estate tax exemption when you die. And uh, most of the time, and it is true right now, the gift tax exemption and the estate tax exemption are the same. In other words, the same number. And another thing that I mention uh, regularly to my clients, because it's very meaningful uh, to those who are uh, wealthy families, is that uh, the, the estate and gift tax exemption is coming down uh, in January, January 1, 2026. It's already written into the law, and it's not likely to be changed. And so instead of being uh, what will be over $13 million of exemptions, uh, it will be something over $6 million each. Now, obviously, that's a lot of money and or a lot of wealth, and so um, uh, when it comes down, then families uh, will be able to move uh, over $12 million to the next generation with no tax. But, but you know, for folks, folks who have more than that, there's substantial taxes after that. So that's uh, how gift taxes work. Um, and for most of us, gift taxes are a huge blessing to us. And the fact that there is a gift tax uh, regimen, if you will, is why we actually get what's called a step-up in income tax basis uh, uh, on appreciated property. Um, because, uh, frankly, that, that is a huge blessing to 99 per percent of us <laughs> in terms of moving property from one generation to the next. And so I guess I need to talk about how that step up in basis works uh, in our next segment. We will get to that. Don't forget, if you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, you can go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can do that. You can also find information about 
Bill's free webinars by clicking on the seminars button at the top of the page if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning. Bill's next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, May 10th. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A short break and back with more of this is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, to schedule an appointment with him, or to learn more about his free webinars. WGALaw.com is the place to go to learn more about the webinars. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register and free to attend. You can learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, as well as asset protection and trust planning. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and right now we're having a discussion related to gifting. And Bill, just before the end of the last segment, we were discussing step-up in income tax basis. And let's dive into that. Well, uh, first let me give uh, the the fact that people need to understand. There was one year uh, not too long ago, when Congress actually did away with the state tax. But what folks should understand is when Congress does away with one tax, they typically want some money from somewhere else, right? Well, what, what Congress did and what would happen if you do away with the estate tax is um, what they substituted capital gains tax on appreciated property. In other words, they did away substantially with the what's called the step up in income tax basis when property passes from one generation or one deceased person to another. Uh, so what is that step up in basis? Why is that so important? Well, here it is. Uh, and this is one reason why Uh, families oftentimes will hold on to highly appreciated property until the owner passes. Okay, so how does that work? And think of it this way. Uh, You bought um, 100 shares of Microsoft stock, uh, I don't know, back years and years ago, uh, and you let's just say you paid $10 a share. And in the last 30 years, that ten dollars and so your your total uh investment was a thousand dollars and uh over the years uh those 100 shares have split time and time again and appreciated like crazy so now your thousand dollar investment is worth um two hundred thousand dollars well now if the so you've you've held that stock for 25 years and uh, so if you sell the stock, the difference between what you paid for it and what you now sell it for uh, is your appreciation. And that appreciation is taxed. And the tax on appreciation is called capital gains. 
so the bottom line is you sell for 200 you, your basis is $1,000, what you originally paid. Guess what? You've had a $199,000 gain that you have to pay income tax on. And most people pay 20% on capital gain, long-term capital gains. So that'd be about $40,000 of federal tax and then state tax on income tax on top of that. Okay, so you take the same uh, shares of stock, and, and dad owns it, and dad dies and leaves the stock to his wife or his children. And there's a, what's called the step-up in income tax basis. The basis was $1,000. That's what dad paid for it. But upon his death, then the basis becomes the fair market value of the asset on the date of dad's death, which we said was $200,000. So guess what? If the spouse or the children who've inherited the Microsoft stock sell the stock after dad dies, let's just say the day after he dies, guess what? The basis is 200. You sell it for 200. There's no gain, hence no income tax at all. That's pretty darn good. Well, that's a very, very important concept for us um, uh, because the 99% of us, that's huge in terms of a, a tax savings for us. Plus, there's another um, uh, thing about it that helps people in a big way. And you know what that is? Most people lose, uh, they, they can't figure out what the basis is. You know, dad bought that stock 30 years ago, I have no idea what he paid for it. And, you know, back then, the, the uh, brokerage houses didn't uh, keep records of that for you. So if you didn't keep your own records, you, you didn't have it. Well, uh, or the same thing could be, uh, well, dad inherited, or granddaddy inherited that farm from his grandfather, and, uh, you know, who knows what it was worth. Uh, what, you see where I'm coming from? So the bottom line is is that the, the great majority of, of appreciated assets in this country, people have no clue what their basis is. And so, but the, you know, uh, the folks who are shrewd keep up with it and they keep records and they know where those records are and they but the fact is most people don't do that and and so when the basis steps up to the fair market value on the date of death guess what that helps people out because it's like okay we didn't know what the basis was for 30 years but now we do it's the fair market value at the date of dad's death that's huge in terms of helping us recover from not having sufficient information. Because guess what? The Internal Revenue Service takes the position uh, that if you don't know what the basis is, the basis is zero. So you have to pay tax on the entire gain. Um, that's um, that, you know, obviously that's not a good thing. So it's important for us to know what our basis, our tax, income tax basis is on our appreciated property. That is pretty, pretty darn uh, important when it comes to that. 
Um, so now, uh, when it so that's basis and th that's important. But let's go back to some of the issues that are created with uh, gifting. Okay, because what happens oftentimes? Mom and dad are concerned about getting older, might needing Medicaid, worrying about what's called Medicaid state recovery. So what do they do? It's like, well, our most important asset is our home. Let's gift it to the children so we don't have to worry about the state taking away our home uh, when we go on Medicaid. Well, guess what? If we make that transfer wrong, in other words, um, this is where people need professional help. But oftentimes, if you go to a real estate lawyer and say, we want to transfer our house to our children, will you do that deed for us? Yeah, they'll do it, but they may not tell you what the tax consequences are of doing it. And I've seen this happen time and time again. So people have transferred their home or their farm to their children, and they think that they're protecting it. And now, what have they done? When you make an absolute gift of property uh, to anyone, then the basis of that property goes with the gift. In other words, I inherited my farm. Uh, the basis in the farm is, uh, say, $200,000. The, the farm is worth a million dollars and I gift it to my children. Well, guess what? That $200,000 basis goes with the gift, uh, and hence, if the children sell the farm, they have to pay the capital gain. They have to pay the appreciation between my basis and what they sell it for. And let's say they hold on to it 20 years after my death. Their basis is still what my basis was when I gifted the property to them. And, of course, the worst-case scenario is if I made that gift a year before I died because if I had held on to it and, or, or put it in a certain type of trust that protects it and they basically inherited it with a step-up in income tax basis, then obviously they could have saved themselves a whole lot of of uh, tax money. Uh, in other words, they're paying taxes unnecessarily because they didn't get good advice on how that transfer should be made. Now, people also know, oh, I know, I know, I'm, you're giving me the evil eye. I got to take a break. So we'll come back on this. We'll wrap up our discussion on gifting. We'll also remind you that you can go to wgalaw.com. There's a lot of ways that you can get a hold of Bill. You can schedule an appointment to speak with him if some of these gifting ideas and warnings that Bill is giving you are setting off some warning signs in your head. You should probably sit down with a professional and get some expertise in that field. Go to WGALaw.com. You can schedule some time to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars. WGALaw.com or call 919 256 7,000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go to learn more about Bill, to schedule an appointment to speak with him, or to register for Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and other ways that you can potentially have some assistance, government assistance when it comes to long-term care, that's a wonderful way to learn more from Bill at his free webinars, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and right now we're talking all about gifting. And Bill, we were having a discussion about, uh, you know, deeding over property and the, the tax implications of that. Well, the tax implications are huge. And, and the, the worst case scenarios I have seen would be when uh, a husband, you know, a, a, a seniors gift uh, their home to their children in their minds, they are protecting it. But the fact is that they have done the opposite uh, more often than not. So, because typically uh, with uh, elder law professional help, you can protect your home uh, without transferring it to your children. Uh, and that, uh, and without transferring it in a way that uh, creates these tax problems. But the worst case scenarios I've seen is where uh, they've gifted the property. Now, yes, that creates a look back uh, problem for five years for Medicaid. So uh, if you needed Medicaid within that five years, uh, then uh, that gift would actually keep you from receiving uh, Medicaid. That's a bad result. But here's another result that so many people don't think about. Okay, so we don't need nursing care. We're not applying for Medicaid. So is there a problem? Yes, mom and dad need assisted living care, and it's expensive. And guess what? There's no financial assistance for them. Their, their Social Security income is too high, just like what we were talking about before. Like most of us, they're not eligible for help at assisted living. And guess what? It's $6,000 a month each. So we need $12,000 a month for, to pay for their care. Well, guess what? Their money runs out within a few months. And guess what they need to do? Sell the home. Okay, well, now we're selling the home, but the, we don't have the primary residence exemption because it's not doesn't belong to the parents anymore so we would have had a half million dollar exemption on the sale of their home so it's highly likely mom and dad could have sold the house for no with no taxes at all but guess what the children own the house so they sell the tax uh, sell the house they have no exemption and they their basis is low cuz mom and dad have owned the house for 30 years so now they have to pay capital gains tax. And so now the children sell the home, but after they pay, you know, they more than likely they have to pay $60,000 or more in taxes, which does what? It reduces how much money is available to use to take care of mom and dad. That happens all the time because people have made a transfer 
in a way that they shouldn't have. You know, it's the do-it-yourself, this will um, protect my property, and the fact is it's totally, totally wrong. Um, Now, obviously, uh, if if you have good tax advice from your uh, CPA or accountant or your um, or your elder law attorney, um, uh, you're not going to make this kind of mistake. But this is where people should get professional advice. It's also imperative because people, well, how do I protect my property? The best way is to have, in advance, your general durable power of attorney prepared by an elder law attorney. The ones elder law attorneys do is very, very different from the ones that everybody else does. And I preach that, I tell folks that, but you know, folks say, well, I got an, a power of attorney, I don't need another one. And they're absolutely wrong. This is the most important asset protection thing that people can do for themselves. You don't want to be in a situation where you have inadequate documents. If you would like to have yours reviewed by Bill, Go to WGALaw.com, schedule some time to speak with him. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars there. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, May 10th. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. You can learn more about long-term care assistance. That also deals with Medicaid and VA benefits, and you can also learn more about asset protection and trust planning don't forget you can also call the office if you want to register or to schedule an appointment with bill go to nine call 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 that will do it for us today on behalf of bill alexander i'm jason kong thanking you so much for listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander have a wonderful day mm-hmm.